1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is
2: the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019-FM. WFAN New York.
3: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, another busy week in the world of amateur and youth sports, and I hope to cover as much ground as I can this morning. And and to that end, later on in the hour, if we have time, I want to give you my own thoughts and suggestions regarding how Major League Baseball can make their game uh, more attractive and more exciting to younger audiences. Now, we know that MLB is seemingly going in all sorts of frantic directions to do just that, to changing and experimenting with a variety of new rules, both at the Major League and uh, at the Minor League level. And I'll give you my, my own perspective on what Major League Baseball needs to do to make the game more appealing to the next generation of young athletes. But first up, there's a movement going on over in New Jersey where the state athletic ruling organization, the New Jersey State Interscholastic Association, it's known as the NJSIAA, well, they're very close to shortening and tightening up the high school game schedules for all sports starting in 2022. Now, this is a very complex, very confusing issue, but depending on who you talk to, this move is either viewed as a radical departure from the current state of affairs in high school sports in Jersey, or on the other hand, this new approach is being seen as a as a welcome and long overdue uh, approach to making the start and end dates in New Jersey high school sports much more consistent and much more efficient, and it will... Uh, theoretically give most kids who play high school sports a break from going from one season in the school year to another. I want to present both sides of this uh, this issue and I did speak uh, with Colleen McGuire this past Friday. Colleen is the uh, chief operating officer of the NJSIAA and I present her views as best I can this morning. but. Let me first bring on longtime New Jersey high school coach John Ziemba, uh, Coach Z from Fort Lee, who, as he's known. Uh, he's been a, a high school basketball head coach in New Jersey since 1988, and over the years he's coached multiple sports, including football, volleyball, track. He's also a certified varsity softball umpire. And John is also the proud father of a multi-sport freshman high school athlete, who obviously will be affected by this new format as it goes into effect in uh, 2022. And as always, of course, you know, we'll take your calls at one 337 6666 John, good morning.
2: Good morning, Rick, and uh, thank you for having me on the show this morning.
3: Of course. And, and you know, we want to, as I said just a minute ago, John, this is a complicated issue because, there's so many moving parts. Uh, there's so many sports that are affected by this, and and uh, again, it, it's in talking with Colleen McGuire, she's her attitude was, look, it's all over the map. And I asked her, like, well, why, for example, does does um, does ice hockey start having tryouts in high school in New Jersey like in early November? Because that clearly would overlap with other fall sports like football and and soccer and so on and so forth. And she said, yeah, I I don't. I can't figure that out either. I have no idea why that is, but we want to change that. So let me let me first, if we can, take an overview on this. What is your what is your biggest concern with these these new proposed start and end dates? And again, it's by the fall, the winter, and the spring.
2: Well, as I look this over, Rick, the fall and the spring are not really changing much. Um, hockey, uh, uh, you know that does start a little earlier but what i'm calling i see the biggest change in the basketball season okay um, and as a basketball coach for 33 years um i know the coaches felt blindsided by this and one thing i've learned for a number of administrators i've worked for and uh you know athletic directors everybody principals they always say don't let me get blindsided we got blindsided by this we just put in Um, a season coaching through COVID where we knew how important this season was for our kids, for our players. Mm -hmm. Um, My players would have practiced five hours a day. They didn't want to leave the gym. Um, And and that is where the concern is. And I have like two major points that I'd like to start with that come from one of the committee members. Um, He says... That basketball season traditionally ends at the end of March. I don't know what basketball season he's talking about. Maybe the NCAA tournament? (laughs) High school basketball does not end at the end of March. I've been coaching, like I said, I called a friend of mine who who brought his team to the the final game. He said he thought that game was March 15th, if he remembers correctly. We are all done. 80% of the teams are done by the first week of March. And then the other point this committee member brought up, he said, um, maybe we, we learned something from COVID yes. that we don't need as much time in the preseason. Yep. I mean, to me, that sounds like an office, you know, you know, somebody owns a business saying, well, we can do more Zoom time. Uh, you know, we don't need as much office space. To me that what does he mean we don 't need preseason. Our games this year listen, we did a, a service trying to get the kids out of the house, trying to get the kids to be with their friends all right we need These games were glorified summer league games that 's what they were we weren't we didn't have any continuity with anything. We were playing three days in a row sometimes. This was done more for the kids mental perspective. To get them back and get them with their friends, we're not a business. We need to work our kids. We teach our kids. And so, those two comments that that shows me who was on this committee. I'm very confused.
3: We're talking with John Ziamba of the uh, from Fort Lee, He's a longtime uh, high school basketball coach over in Jersey, about these these new rules that are being proposed. And again, this has to go to, I guess, a vote sometime in May. Uh, But you've made some some interesting uh, comments here, John, obviously about especially in light of the fact that uh, we just went through a terrible year with covid and uh, so many high school athletes, not just in New Jersey, but all over the country were basically deprived of playing full schedules uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, And now suddenly they're being told, in effect, well, we're going to probably try to shorten and tighten the seasons. And again, the the, 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 partic- the season in particular, the, the winter season, which has always been, I guess, the longest uh, of the three, is now being told. Well, we're going to have to basically maybe uh, nip and tuck some games uh, from uh, the the uh, the usual schedule and maybe shorten the preseason. Uh, th- these are real concerns. And and you know, as you said, that the term you used was getting blindsided. Um, I don't know, obviously, what, what how long this has been in the works uh, or, or whatever. But maybe the feeling is that. You know, why, why perpetuate this issue in terms of all these r- ridiculous start dates and, and end dates? Let's uh, just come to a, a uniform kind of situation and stop this. But let's talk about basketball again. I mean, it, with basketball, um, you're feeling that uh, under this new proposal that the, your, the high school teams will play fewer games. And I'm talking to Colleen. She said, well, that's not, re- you know, we may lose a game or two here. But you know, we're still allowing the kids to play a full season. They'll still have a chance to play in their conference uh, tournament and go on to the States if, if the team is merits that. Is that how you're seeing all this?
2: Well, first of all, I want to say one one thing real quick. Colleen okay. McGuire, um, and I coach, like I said, multiple sports. I'm around a ton of coaches. This Every single coach has raved about what she's done. She yep. brought new life into the NJSIAA. And, you know, I'm just hoping – that they revisit this and she, she could talk to maybe some coaches and try to work this out a little, because I do disagree with a lot of things. One of the things Colleen says is this will help the multi-sport athlete. Nothing could be farther from the truth.
3: No, Nothing. Talk, talk, tell me about that. Cause she's, she feels, and I, you know, everybody feels the same way about Colleen McGuire, that she's just been a, been a, just a, a terrific she's tremendous, she's yeah, done a and, tremendous job. Yeah. So tell me but about because you have a son who plays three sports, right? Well, he plays two sports. Two sports, okay. And I, so yeah, and I am a
2: multi like like I am in favor of multi sport athletes, and three sports at this day and age gets a little tough. But here's here's what's stopping kids from playing multi sports, Rick. It is the club teams, the AAU teams, the specialization. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, there is. Kids don't need the rest. My son, the other day, it rained. His baseball practice got rained out. He was walking around the house saying, I'm bored. What do I do? <laughs> you know, like kids, kids may need a week between a season. What's happening? And and, and again, I, I'm in a small town where we need kids to play multiple sports. Every kid who has come to me and said they can't play basketball is because they are training for another sport. It has I have. I cannot remember a kid saying, listen, I'm just burnt out. That is not the case. Kids want to be with their friends. Kids want to play sports. Kids don't want to sit around the house. They, I mean, I, I just, that part of it is is crazy. And then just one other thing with basketball, this committee, did they take into account, like where are, the, where are these committee members from? Like we have Hudson County, where Bob Hurley was the basketball coach we We have Essex County, which is a basketball powerhouse. Basketball is the main sport in those counties, and those kids, their lives are a little different in those towns they They need basketball. I can't tell you how many kids I coach wouldn't have made it through school, wouldn't have made it through college. And and uh, as coaches, we help them do that. If you turn over more time to the AAU and the club programs, listen, they, they do a service, but they're not professional teachers and coaches like we are.
3: Okay, well, let me, let me sort of slice and dice this. And, and we're, we're talking this morning with, uh, with John Ziemba from Fort Lee, longtime high school uh, basketball coach. Um, about these changes that are being proposed to the start and end dates. Now, in New Jersey, that, that, first of all, I'm looking at the press release that the, uh, that the uh, New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association, what they put out, and they're saying what the committee, and the committee is comprised, according to this release, of about, I'm guessing, six or seven uh, high school principals throughout the state of New Jersey, high school principals. Uh, but their goal was to bring consistency to all the seasons, uh, to provide equity uh, for all the sports and the student-athletes and allow some scheduling flexibility. Uh, but there are also, and, and, and I talked to Colleen about this, there was a concern about uh, about the – uh, getting rid of any overlap that so that there will be a, a substantial break between seasons. Now, John, you just mentioned that your son was, you know, <laughs> you know, walking around on a rained-out uh, baseball day and he's a little bored, nothing to do. Uh, and your sense is that you know, kids don't really need uh, time off between one season to the next, and that's always been the case in, in a lot of a lot of uh, states. Uh, you know, the, the the panel is sort of saying, no, we hear that kids are getting burned out with kids do want to break a few a week off whatever from one season to the next um i i don't know if that's true or not it's obviously just one's personal perspective on this uh we you and i both know and i think most people would agree with this that if your kid is playing two or three sports they usually, okay, that season's over. Let's get on to the next one. Uh, if there is an overlap and the kid's missing tryouts, that can be uh, obviously difficult. And certainly the board, the panel is saying, we want to prevent that from happening. It, it, is, it is a complicated issue to be sure. Um, I, I don't really know if there is a clear cut answer here, because if you're in a team that progresses all the way deep into the playoffs and tournaments and so on and so forth, you probably are going to have overlap with the next sport you're going to play um and as far as basketball uh yeah i mean i, I um particularly uh, in the in the high schools uh in northern new jersey where high school basketball is a big deal i mean this the idea of cutting back in a game or two in a season i mean is that is that really going to make a big difference do you think
2: that that's not the point um rick the the Listen, if they would have said you have to take a game off, it's how they did it. Uh I'll give you you an example with the overlap. First of all, there is no overlap. There is no overlap. I don't know where they come up with it. I don't know how a committee member could say basketball traditionally runs to the end of March. It does not run to the end of March. Mm -hmm. All right? With this new situation, postseason would start February 8th. We mm-hmm. play every other day when we get into the postseason. Right. By February twelfth or thirteenth.
3: Most of the teams are gone.
2: Right? Eighty to ninety percent of the teams are done. Right. Are done. All right. You now with the spring season starting March thirteenth or something, kids have a month off. Here comes the AAU. Here comes the club. And Colleen had said in her, uh, you know, she can't control those things. Right. Well, maybe she can't control them, but she could somehow f- try to slow them down. We're just opening the door for more AAU and, and club players. And for the kids who can't afford that, Well, I, the kids I, who need that basketball, they're going to be done the first week of February. I've, John, I've that's, never heard of I think happening.
3: that's a fair point that, yeah, if there is going to be this – this uh, downtime for two or three weeks after, the high, most high, as you said, most high schools are not going to progress in the tournament, and they're going to be done no, by early, mid-February, not right? Basketball. Yes. They're so, not, like It's every other day. You're knocked out. Boom. It starts. You're done. And then
2: they said something about, well, then you could also go out and play another game or two who and who wants to do that? I had seven seniors on my team this year. We prepare for the state tournament. Well, there was none this year, yes. but if my seven seniors go out and lose to a rival in a state semifinal or even their first round game, we don't want to play any more games. This isn't what. A, what a, like this isn't wreck. you know. The kids <laughs> but, they put everything into this,
3: but and then the thought was, I believe that you know this would if you you'd have it's your option. And again, I'm, I'm trying to take a middle of the road approach on this. And Colleen had said it's but that kind of option you could play an extra game or two after you get eliminated would be beneficial for those teams with younger players who need more experience. Now again, uh, you just I, I disagree kidding. with that. Okay, well, what again? It's an optional thing i got to take a break. John, uh, obviously, I want to continue our conversation, and I'd like to take some calls about this as well. Our line, of course, is uh, 1-877-337-6666. I want to get a sense of other people feel the same way you do uh, about this, if they feel that this is actually a, a beneficial move ahead or it's actually just sort of uh, breaking something that isn't uh, – in you know, trying to fix something that isn't broken – I don't know, uh, but it is obviously going to happen, it looks like, in the next year. All right, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll continue our conversation with John Zimba. We're talking with Coach Z from Fort Lee, John Ziemba, and we're talking about the uh, newly proposed changes in terms of start and end dates for high school sports in New Jersey, which are uh, supposed to take uh, take take effect in 2022. Definitely have an impact on high school athletes in terms of the number of games there they play each season. And uh, in terms of uh, getting breaks between one season to the next, uh, it's complicated uh, in the sense that uh, each sport, of course, is a bit different. Uh, but it's uh, something that's really gaining momentum, uh, particularly from the, the governing body uh, in terms of athletics in New Jersey. Uh, John, uh, let's take some phone calls uh, about this topic because obviously it's something that is um, – People are, are, are It's getting their attention, and and uh, you know, I think early on you had said in the show that uh, something maybe sort of uh, coaches felt they were blindsided about this. Perhaps, perhaps they hadn't heard about this or didn't know what exactly was entail, entail involved in this new program. But it's clearly going to have a major impact on on uh, the schedules. Let's start with Jeff over in New Jersey. Jeff, good morning. You're on the fan.
4: Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, uh, John, you just did such a, uh, a wonderful, well thought out uh, discussion about where we are as coaches um, on this on this whole issue, and certainly as basketball coaches. Um, I, I certainly understand the break in seasons. I, I understand how that uh, that certainly allows an organization to have a beginning and an end. I get all that. Um, the thing that most uh, concerns me is just the. Uh, The condensed lack of practice time that goes into this. Um, For many of us, myself, uh, certainly, I see the court as an extension of my classroom. It is a a teaching thing. Um, And the less time that I have with my kids on the court, the less teaching I can get done. Um, After going through this COVID season, and John made a great reference that it did look like a summer league. um, Yeah, Yeah, You know, um, the biggest thing missing was uh, a lengthy preseason where we would normally work on uh, skills and conditioning, uh, and then get into our, our our team concepts. But the most important part about practice is about building relationships. And uh, you know, Mickey Corcoran was the was the best at understanding this. It's not about X's and O's. It's always about the relationships. And um, the less practice time we have, the less meaningful practice time we have, the less opportunity we have to, to work on those relationships. And, and I don't think there's a coach out there um, that would disagree that the strongest teams are those that develop the, the greatest chemistry. And uh, it's difficult to do that when your schedule is practice game, practice game, put it all together as compared to having that uh, preseason. If you if we go back a, a bit, I'm sure John can remember that probably when he was a high school player himself. Um, you know, practice probably began. Um, you know, maybe before Thanksgiving, um, but we certainly had uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and then that was taken away from us uh, not long ago. At that time, myself and our boys' coach at Peshtigo Valley, Al Coleman, we uh, we went down and petitioned the state to get us at least back to the Monday before Thanksgiving, and we got those three days back. Um, and still our preseason is so small to deal with a sport that is, is highly skilled where craft working on your craft is so important.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and if we're not doing that, you know what, as John said, uh, they're going to others to get those same deal right now. I mean, I I know you're talking about North Jersey uh basketball coaches, but I'm going to tell you right now, the Shore conference girls, basketball people,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
4: they, they, they gotta be like, are you kidding me? Um, those are people who play year round basketball. Okay. So when John was talking about specifics, you know, about how sports specific people have become, this goes back so long, whether it be uh, volleyball, soccer, softball, baseball, uh, the only sport that doesn't seem to be sports specific is football, which somehow was left out of this equation. If I remember what that, that's I correct, at about it, which was like, yeah, we'll deal with football later. So football can begin, you know, like the second week or first week of August and we'll let them run until December. Right. Um, if there is an overlap of any sport, I assume that's it. That runs into beginning of uh, if there are football players who wrestle or play basketball or play ice hockey or whatever. They would run into that. But as far as basketball goes, condensing our season like that, uh, it's not about the elimination of the games as far as I can see it. It's just the elimination of less practice. Jeff, and
3: and, and, uh, let me get your thoughts, and John, you as well. According to this uh, press release in in 2022, the practice, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, the practice uh, would begin – on uh, for basketball uh remember remember 28th and then the season would begin on the uh, december 15th so if i'm reading this correctly it looks like the kids would have the coach would have two weeks to work with the kids get to know them and so on and so forth Are you guys feeling that's not enough time
4: uh, uh, john i'm gonna I, i'd let you jump in on this one but i can say that's definitely not enough time okay so if i, if yeah. I put that in if i put that in perspective Yep. a full coach would have from the last day of the spring tournament until their official beginning of practice to actually work with their team in the summer to have them ready that's a lesson an, an enormous amount of time and you're saying yep. for a high skilled sport like basketball that we would get in essence two weeks of which part of that is some scrimmage time um, to be ready to play so, uh, i'd love to hear john's comment on that but that's mine okay john what do you yeah. think
2: just real quick too jeff is insane who he is but jeff has won over a thousand games and and it's not the wins it's it, it's all you read about is is jeff is how he works with his players what he does for his players uh i mean he's more that he, he's been in this business forever and, he, and he's an absolute legend in new jersey but he's you know, he has no ego when he does this. He just wants to see what's best for the kids. And right. Jeff brought up a great point. We've already had part of our season yanked from us. Right, we used to be able to practice Thanksgiving weekend. And, um, you know, maybe, all right, listen, maybe we make the concession and say, okay, kids need to be with their families. All right, that's fine. But but we're not getting talked to. I know Jeff, myself, and and. That, Plenty of other coaches would love to go down and sit and talk and say, hey, listen, you know, how about getting us involved in this? When I I read the one article, it says the feeling has been growing among beleaguered athletic administrators and burned out coaches. I don't know, like athletic administrators, they're like us. They sign a contract. They, they, they know what they're getting into. They did a tremendous job with us during COVID, but are they trying to say there's too many night games during the week? I'm not sure where to burn out. I'm not sure where all this comes from, but we do need preseason. That's, what, that's where you form your team. And, Jeff, made, like I said, I even forgot it. Like, like basically that we already had stuff yanked from us.
3: All right. Let me let me. Uh, and Jeff, thank you for chiming in this morning, and thank you for your thoughts and obviously your your input on this topic. Um, and and to, you know, John, as you said, you know, I get the sense that you feel that, uh, and Jeff, I think the same thing. That it's, it feels like the coaches themselves weren't part of this process. That this was something that was sort of decided upon by uh, high school administrators, whether they're principals or. Um, or athletic directors, whatever, but the coaches sort of feel like they've been sort of left out of the equation. I, I am going to uh, let's go on to uh, to Jack Smithlin, who who like you, John, and uh, like Jeff have uh, you know has done a long time, uh, forty years coaching high school sports in New Jersey. So he's obviously familiar with all this process. Uh, Jack, what what do you make of all this and this this movement to move ahead? Well, well, first of all, what John said, and I, I know of John. I, I was a good friend with Augie
5: um at fort lee and jeff um is a legend um my my quickest story of jeff was when they kind of like told him to coach soccer <laughs> and I, I remember those days jeff but um listen first of all when you told me that the committee has seven seven principles um that already put up a uh, a marker for me because listen the administration is going to try to make it as easy as possible for them and many times not thinking about the coaches and the kids, even though their priority should be the kids.
0: Yep. And
5: I think, I think the committee or, you know, McGuire came up with, you know, some good ideas. The overlapping, I coached three sports for close to 30 years. I coached um, soccer, wrestling at Fairlawn, and softball. And, you know, I remember coaching wrestling. We always had overlaps. We always had because we had good teams. And like John said, you know, the majority of the teams aren't going to be playing as long as those championship teams and those quality teams. But there is overlapping. One of the things I really disagree with, John, is is that kids do burn out. There are statistics that prove it. There are overuse injuries, kids that do specialize, you know, those sophomores and juniors getting ready for college, knowing the sport that they're going to play, basketball being one of them, okay, so what do they do? They train three, four seasons out of the year and try to play two other sports, so there is a such thing as overuse injuries and burnout because it happens all the time you know the part about giving the kids a break they knew they do need a break between seasons but here's the point the point is is when they do have those one or two weeks between seasons like john mentioned that grit athlete is going to start training for that next sport he's not going to sit around walking around the house doing nothing i i understand you know the boredom part because you know that athlete that's going to go out and get ready for the next season. We'll use those two weeks on their own to start preparing, start using some of the muscles that they're going to use in that sport that they really didn't use in the previous sport. So, all these things, you know, the committee came up with some good ideas, but the way they went about it, like John said, is not the appropriate way to do it during a COVID season. It's not the right time. You know, the COVID seasons was so erratic, so crazy. So to do it now is not the right time. They're thinking about it for 22 and 23. That's okay. But to bring it up now and not research it at a more lengthy period of time is not. And, and I do agree, get the coaches involved. They're the ones who know their kids. They're the ones, you know, when I coached, we had a, you know, I don't know if the rules still stand. And, John, you can answer this. And if Jeff's still on, you know, he could answer it. But the point is, is that they used to have that you must practice for six days before you can scrimmage. Six days is not enough time. I used to do a whole week of tryouts, giving those kids that did overlap time to get in and get at the end of the tryouts. I didn't do a two-day tryout like a lot of coaches do. I did a, almost a whole week tryout. And well, you know what? If it limited our playing time as far as scrimmages, okay. But the point is, is that there's a lot of good ideas here, but I disagree big time with kids burning out and overuse injuries, and they do need a rest between period, between, uh, between yeah. sports. Jack- and- They'll go out and
3: work on their own. Let, let me stop you there, and, and thank you, as always, for your thoughts. Uh, and, and, John, coming back to you, because I have to, uh, unfortunately, uh, up against the clock here, uh, I think the, the, the one sort of general theme I'm getting from the callers and from you as well is that perhaps the there the should have been more, and I have no idea how this process was done, but it would have been probably uh, infinitely helpful if the actual uh, coaches – at the high school level, have been more involved in going through all this and giving their own input as to, as, as Jack Smithlin just said, they're the ones who are in the trenches. They're the ones who know their kids the best. They know exactly you know what would work and would not work within for their, their, their kids in their program. Uh, John, is that a fair uh, conclusion to make about all this? I, I think that's
2: a great way to look at it. Um, we're the ones who are there. Nobody likes change in any business. People, you know, teachers, we, 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 don't like everybody. And, and listen, if there has to be some kind of change, why not bring the coaches in too, just to get some ideas. I read where there were student ambassadors, which is a great thing to have kids who get, I said, I read, I read in one of the articles that they were involved in this and student ambassadors. Hey, that's great. But you're letting them involve instead of the coaches, you guys got, got guys like Jeff, Jeff Jasper. You got guys all over the state, women all over the state who, who do this and have a passion for this. Maybe we could work something out that's, you know, well, and maybe they don't understand some of our points of view.
3: I think that's a splendid way to sort of take the next step. And uh, we, we know Colleen McGuire uh, is, you know, as we've not said early on in the, in the hour, she's received all sorts of high marks for her work at the NGSSAA, and And she clearly cares about high school athletics and the health and welfare of the kids and the coaches, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure she'll listen to the show and, and uh, will probably hopefully take some of these thoughts back to her, her board. But it does seem like it would be great to have some more coaches input into this and try to figure out what the next step. Hey, John, I, I, uh, I unfortunately I have to move on. Thank you for, for getting on this morning and bring forth these issues and topics because obviously it's something that's going to affect all the high school athletes in New Jersey uh, in the next, uh, next coming years.
2: Rick thank you. your show's the best and uh you know you give us an outlet to, to hopefully um you know get something done with this and hopefully maybe we can meet in the middle and, and uh again, I really appreciate you uh you know putting this on about our topic and uh, letting us speak
3: absolutely hey John, thank you again uh and uh, we'll see how this gets resolved down the road that thank is a you. You bet. That's uh, Coach Z from Fort Lee, John Ziemba. I'm talking about these proposed changes in terms of start and end dates for high school sports. All right, let me take a time out. When I come back, we'll cover some more ground. Stay with me.
5: Sports Radio.
3: Just a a quick reminder, Richard Neer follows me at 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, Richard's always a great listen, has great insights, obviously, into the world of sports. So uh, on this rainy Sunday morning here in the New York area, make sure you stick around for Richard. Uh, You can always follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf. And, uh, of course, you know my website at at AskCoachWolf.com and uh on a personal note, I want to send out congratulations to Noah Savage and his wife, Alyssa Wolfe, who is my older daughter on the birth of their son, Henry Clark Savage, this past week uh, It's their first child, and I'm very happy to report that everybody is healthy and doing well. Uh, moving on again, I just uh, this conversation about what 's happening these proposed changes in New Jersey you know it is when you get coaches of the stature of a Jeff Jasper calling in uh, John Ziemba from Fort Lee, Jack Smithland, clearly that there 's it sounds like there's room here for more discussion about uh, from uh, the Athletic Association over in Jersey and talking to some of the, the veteran coaches about what makes the most sense. So, uh, hopefully, uh, this was a productive conversation this morning. I also want to add a quick note from the Sports Edge Police Blotter. Now, this didn't get a lot of national media pickup, but there was a shooting that took place in Sandusky, Ohio last weekend that apparently involved a dispute between a sports parent and his kid's basketball coach. The only good news is that the victim, uh, the coach, who was allegedly shot by the sports parent, uh, he did not die. But according to to one reporter in Ohio who I spoke to, uh, this incident took place in the parking lot outside a large a sports center in Sandusky, Ohio, And it occurred right in the middle of the day after an AAU basketball game. Uh, Now, the reporter who I spoke to and other sources in the media have also noted that the dispute between the coach and the parent had boiled over regarding the the kids' playing time in a game. And allegedly, the the father pulled a gun and fired three shots at the coach. One bullet hit the coach in his hip. He was taken to the hospital uh, with a non-life-threatening injury. The uh, angry father was arrested and he's being held on half a million dollars bail. So clearly this is pretty serious stuff. Now again, the the details have been kind of hazy and not really forthcoming as much as I would like. But, uh, you know, we'll get more details in in the weeks to come because clearly, you know, we always know one of the top issues when it comes to uh, concerns between parents and coaches uh, is a kid's playing time, and this one apparently erupted in some sort of situation where the father just said, "Well, I'm going to take care of this coach," and, and pulled a gun and fired at him. So, okay, uh, you know, I, 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 just am curious as to, you know, uh, you know, what is going to? Why are we still at this point? I mean, when you have these issues like this, it, it just it makes you sit back and sort of shake your head that this still, these things still go on. Um, Okay, moving on to saving Major League Baseball. Now, I said at the top of the hour, I have a few thoughts about this. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we may not have time to, to discuss all of this this morning. We'll come back to it later on uh, down the road. But as you know, if you're a baseball fan, there's a perception out there that the game is getting old, is no longer attracting a younger audience, primarily because the games are too long. There's not enough action, too many strikeouts and it doesn't help that the season quite frankly begins in frigid temperatures here in the northeast and as a result major league baseball has implemented all sorts of new rules at the big league level they're also experimenting with all sorts of new rules at the minor league level everything uh, from making the bases larger to moving the pitchers that rubber back a foot in certain leagues to outlawing defensive shifts and so on and so forth so they think they're, I mean, they're they're working so hard, I feel, to fix the problem, quote unquote, that they may be missing the big picture. And to me, the problem is this. Analytics, which of course has now become widely accepted, they have, uh, if you follow analytics, it's concluded that the following, that if you have more pitchers who chalk up lots of strikeouts, if you permit defensive shifts with your infielders, and if your team has plenty of guys who hit home runs, then according to the analytical numbers, the odds are now in your favor that you will win and win a lot. Now, look, I I don't want to get into a debate this morning about these conclusions. Let's just assume it's all of us true. But so here's the problem. By focusing on home runs or focusing on power pitchers, in your drive and desire to win games, you've also squeezed, unfortunately, the fun and excitement out of the game. So if you want... Kids to come back to baseball. Here's an idea. Think back to when you were in little league or in high school and how baseball was played. Kids in those in those days they couldn't wait to get to first base during the course of a game so they could then steal second. Kids, especially left-handed hitters, also learned how to bunt for hits. Kids learned how, of course, to sacrifice bunt. But hitters were taught how to. Implement a hit and run play in order to make things happen. Make things, uh, you know, happen on the on the ball field because who knows where the ball is going to go on a hit and run? Squeeze bunts were always expected. It puts the defense on alert. It makes pitchers nervous when there's a guy in third base who's dancing over there and maybe the guy's going to put a bunt down to get him in. First and third double steals, they were always hard to defend. Right up through high school into college, even at the pro ranks. So, I, you know, all these things were part of the, the legacy and the, and the lore that we learned as kids growing up playing baseball. And quite frankly, let's be honest, uh, strikeouts were considered personal affronts if you were a hitter. As a batter, you never wanted a strikeout. If you had two strikes, well, you just choked up on the bat and you tried desperately to make contact. Just put the ball in play. As we know, that mentality doesn't exist anymore, at least at the big league level. And situational hitting. Let me talk about that for a second. If you ever came to the plate with a man on third base with less than two outs, you absolutely had to make contact with the pitch to get that guy to score. And I can tell you, when I was coaching with the Indians, that was absolutely rule number one throughout the organization. Situational hitting, that was your top job. You had to get that guy in from third base. If you did not, if you struck out or or popped up or something like that, it was considered a disgraceful plate appearance. And that rule about situational hitting, it was emphasized every day with the Cleveland Indians. Again, this is going back into the 90s. But again, it's a, an important lesson for how you play the game of baseball. But of course, these days, of course, every batter takes three hefty swings. They strike out. Nothing happens. Nobody seems to mind. Nobody seems tries to steal. Nobody tries to defeat the shift by putting a bunt down or going the other way. And on and on and on. So from my perspective, and I realize I'm older than a lot of you guys, but if you want to make the game fun and exciting again, well, try to go back and play the game as we did as kids. In fact, I will tell you this, and I'll conclude with this. I even read the other day where Theo Epstein, who was absolutely known for his mastery of analytics and the success he's had with the Red Sox and the Cubs winning World Series, well, he joined as a consultant this past year at Major League Baseball because even he has said that baseball needs to get more action, more activity, and more fun back into the game if it's going to succeed. Well, that's what I'm, if Theo's saying that, I think we should take it pretty seriously. I mean, to me, it seems all pretty simple. The future of the game is basically in the hands of the past, and I think we should learn as to how much we enjoy the game and what we did we went to the ballpark when we were little leaguers or playing a high school ball, whatever. I mean, that's how baseball is meant to be played—not just strikeouts, not just home runs. Okay, let's can turn to our calls. Let's go to um, let's go to Ed over to Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're next up on the fan. It's gone. All right, let's try to get. Uh, let's go to Rob and Lake Success. Good morning, Rob.
6: Good morning, Rick. First of all, congratulations on being a grandparent again to Thank you, you. your daughter and your son-in-law. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about your previous, you know, this, this discussion earlier with Coach Z. Mm-hmm. And and my thoughts are this, okay, and, and Jack brought up an amazing point when I was kind of going to elaborate on his point on overuse injuries and rest in between seasons. Number one, that's so critical in every sport, okay? You need to rest the body because when you go through weeks and weeks of practice, you know, that's why we have – a, you know, separate seasons in in, in high school sports and all sports. Now, in my specific sport in college, I ran cross-country. We had two weeks, basically, to get away from it. Then we started the indoor season. We took off two weeks, and then we went, you know, to the outdoor season. But a little different in running because it's the same basic sure. idea. I was of, just going to say,
3: it's the, same, it's the same muscles being used. Right,
6: sure. the same muscles. But here's what what I was thinking about. You know, I remember when I was in the Murrow's games, I saw Herschel Walker under the garden, okay. And here he is, this great football player, and he's working out. Really, it's like a little city down there. People that don't even know that, like, it's, it's <laughs> still, I guess, still exists, okay. When they come out through the tunnel, yeah. he's working out. But he was a fabulous, obviously, an amazing football player in Georgia. These professional athletes need to get you know away from specialization. Most of these pro athletes. Never really specialized in one sport. They played multiple sports using hand-eye coordination in different athletic sports and using different muscles. And when you talked about AAU and you, you, you know, Coach Z was talking about AAU and travel teams, it's ruining. It's ruining high. It's basically ruining kids and giving them an opportunity to participate in multiple sports. And we got to get high schools back to. Really, what they were generally meant to be in sports. Okay, I'm very much against these travel teams. I think it's great maybe in the summertime, but kids should be playing and having fun year round, and overuse injuries are prevented. Rick, as Jack said, yeah. you need that resting time to go from one sport to the next. And- let me
3: uh, let me stop you there, Rob. Obviously, uh, you know you cover a lot of ground as always, and, and it's great to hear your thoughts and they're good ones as well. But thank you again. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks uh, this morning to Ed Arzuman, another fine job from Ed. uh, And thank you all for your great comments and calls as well on on these various topics. Okay, I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge.